I think teachers everywhere want to help their students with reading comprehension strategies. You may have heard of the cognitive strategies of effective readers like inferring, predicting, summarizing, questioning, and others like that. Now, these strategies are generally difficult for students to grasp the first time. There is one comprehension strategy that I feel really helps aid some of the others, and that is visualization. So today, we are going to take a deep dive into visualization strategies to help students increase their comprehension. Now, before we head inside, I would be so grateful if you could take a moment to follow this podcast, leave a rating and a helpful review for the other listeners out there. I appreciate it, and I thank you so much in advance. Now, if you are ready to learn five visualization strategies that you can get up and running in no time, I will share more with you inside. You are listening to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. Learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. With a passion for literacy and supporting teachers, here's your host, Megan Polk from Miss P's Style. It is no surprise that teachers should be introducing and practicing the cognitive strategies of effective readers which enhances comprehension, but it is also no walk in the park. While I could and will have episodes addressing ways to help students with all those other strategies, today I'm going to be chatting about visualization. What I learned early into my teaching career is that something that seemed so easy was actually not very easy at all. Like, I couldn't figure out how to help my students see something that was not physically pictured. Or even if the illustrator drew one scene on the page, way more could be said from the author that students needed to still be able to see as an ongoing motion picture. It was so tricky. Visualizing refers to our ability to create pictures in our heads based on the text that we read or the words that we hear. It is one of those many necessary skills that makes reading comprehension possible. This method is an ideal strategy to teach to young students who are having trouble reading or for students who have a hard time with actually understanding what the author is describing through his or her words. But it's not just about seeing just one mental picture. And that was my big takeaway early on in my teaching career. We want students to constantly be changing, adding to, tweaking, and revising their mental images just like a movie is constantly growing in details and its events. It is hard to help every single child understand and apply the different strategies within their fiction text, let alone adding nonfiction to the mix. What? a task. Now, in short, in fictional text, we would want the readers to visualize the settings, the characters, the actions of those characters, and this is going to really help readers get a better understanding of the story and its components. However, when reading a nonfiction text, we often want students to visualize the topic, paying close attention to the details of the topic or the events in history 
or of a person's life. So no matter if you're teaching fiction or nonfiction and reading those texts with your students, there are still different things that you can do to help visualizing come to life. So I'm going to be sharing six ways that you can help your students increase their comprehension through visualizing. It involves encouraging students to draw from their five senses and jump into the movie that they are creating in their heads. Internalizing as much as possible will help deepen overall comprehension. So number one, introducing visualizing through illustrating. This is where you can simply call out a person like a chef, a surfer, a doctor, a clown. You can call out a place like a restaurant, a beach, a hospital, a circus, or you could call out a thing or an animal like a basketball, a cat, or a race car. You're going to allow your students to draw the object or scene as they imagine it in their mind. This is going to play a part with each student drawing from their personal experiences. After they have a few minutes to draw, you are going to let students share their illustrations with a partner or a group of other children. This helps illustrate the idea that we all visualize something different because of our life experiences. They're not the same. Someone who has been to a beach might have a different image than someone who has only seen that beach in a book or on a movie. Number two, I like to call this the 3M, which is a mind movie moment. Now, this can be done um, in person or virtually. Several of these activities that I'm going to share, you can do it whether you're teaching in person or whether you're teaching through a computer screen. So with the 3M, you are going to specifically use your read-alouds for implementing these mind movie moments. As you're reading, you can have students close their eyes, lie down on the floor, or around the room, or sit at a desk around the room, wherever you prefer them to be, or wherever they prefer themselves to be. This is going to put an emphasis on listening and generating images. So while you're reading, you are going to suddenly pause and say, it's time for 3M. And again, that's mind movie moment. At that time, Students are going to use an index card, a half sheet of blank paper, a sticky note. They're going to use something small to illustrate what they saw based on what they heard. You can quickly view a few of those scenes, but it's important to resume reading after you share out a couple of the scenes that the kids saw. The whole idea is that we should constantly be creating mind movie moments while we're reading It never, ever stops. So a great place to do that and to ensure that all of the kids are getting the experience with the same text is by doing it by way of your read aloud. Only takes a couple of minutes in between to stop and jot, but in this case, it's to stop and draw. And then you're going to pick back up reading and showing your students that they can create these movies at any time of the text. Number three. Reading a poem or an excerpt from a text. 
So you can read this aloud or you can find a recording to play for students to listen to. Generally, you would want to play the poem or paragraph one time and then repeat it two to three more times. So this isn't designed to be super long, but you want to ensure that you have enough times of exposure for students to hear it and to hear more as they're listening to it on repeat. While students are listening to the words and creating their movie, they're going to be illustrating a scene to go along with what they envisioned. Never skip out on the share component. I cannot stress that enough. It is so beneficial for the new ideas and understandings to spark based on what their peers drew. Having your students listen to explanations outside of just looking at drawings is more helpful than you would ever even imagine. They are now gaining this new knowledge by the sharing component and by listening to other personal experiences that very well probably differ from their own. Now, as a tip, if students are reading and they cannot visualize the scene or the feelings of these characters, if they might describe the image as disappearing or becoming blurry, meaning that they don't have a good grasp on what the author is trying to illustrate through words, then you will want to have your students reread that portion of the text or that little piece of the story. This is not going to be uncommon for them because Our own reading practice should be that when you don't understand a certain part of the text, you go back, you back up and reread. So repeating that poem or rereading that little bit of a paragraph a few times is a really good practice for them. So whether you are reading it for them or whether you are playing it for them, that whole idea of leaving it on repeat or repeating it two to three times is a really great way to show them that it's okay to repeat and reread different parts that we just want to hear again to get a clearer picture. So don't skip out on that little tip. Now, the fourth way that I, this might be my favorite way that I have loved teaching this skill is to play instrumental music. This again can be done in person or you can do it virtually. I used to do this twice a week when I taught both second grade and fourth grade. All you have to do is use Google or you can use your phone to stream instrumental songs. You can even search different emotions and feelings or different nature sounds, and the music will generate the tone and the mood based on what you are searching for. So I would turn off the lights, I would play a clip, generally between two, maybe three minutes, and simply allow my students to draw. They are just listening, taking in the emotion, and they are illustrating whatever comes to mind. Now, whatever they envision, based off the music, is what they could illustrate on their half sheet of blank paper. They loved this. Honestly, any opportunity to allow students a chance to draw is a win because typically we move away from drawing the older that kids get. But this ensures that they can still enjoy drawing and learn while they are doing it. 
You will really, truly be amazed at what your students are seeing while they're listening to these songs that have no words. It is incredible to see what they can pull up, what they can draw from, and what they can create in their mind based on what they're listening to. So you can adapt this by taking it one step farther and including a song that does have words. Now, this is going to provide for the language component to be connected to the music. So students will be able to internalize and create a mental picture from both the sounds and whatever the song lyrics are. So honestly, both ways are effective and valuable for students. So you could even switch it up and do instrumental and do some lyrical. I will tell you that if you do include a song that does have some basic lyrics for students, it is going to be a great way to practice figurative language. That is one of my strategies whenever teaching figurative language is to play a song and do the same type of activity. But both are great ways, whether you use instrumental songs or if you're using songs that do have lyrics. Now that we are on the idea of instrumental music, this is going to kind of be a great segue into number five, which is playing the audio from a video clip. Now, this is power. I loved implementing this with my students. All you have to do is play a clip from a video. Maybe that is from National Geographic. Maybe it's a biography clip. You might find something from Brain Pop. It might even be a snippet of a show or a movie. It could be an animated storybook. Whatever it is, you are only going to play the audio. You are not going to show whatever the picture is going along with it is. Based on what the kids are hearing from the words and the background sounds, they are going to begin creating these images in their heads. Then you're going to give them a blank half sheet of paper. Again, you can use a sticky note. You can use an index card. Just something small in the size. And the students are going to illustrate the scene that comes to their mind after hearing that short video clip. They could hear animal noises. There might be busy streets, just other sounds of nature. There are so many things for kids to visualize and pull out from listening and observing. So after they are done drawing, you're actually going to show them the video clip with the sound, along with the pictures that go with it. And they're going to be able to see what was actually happening, and they're going to be able to compare their level of detail to what really happened in the clip. It's a great way for them to also see how differences can be able to be shown based on the level of your personal experience or the level of your understanding of whatever you were hearing by sound or by words. And I know I keep repeating it, but that's because this one skill, it is so easy to do this in person or virtually. So if you are doing it virtually, you're just going to be able to, you know, not share your screen, let the audio play, and then you can share your screen and show it. So I think I love this skill so much because you are able to still provide your students with these incredible learning opportunities, even if you're not physically in person with them. So. With that being said, this last strategy is an in-person activity. So if you are not teaching in person right now, just kind of hold on to this, save it in your back pocket until you get back with your students in person. 
But this last one is called like grab bag. You can actually call it whatever you want, but I just say a grab bag because that's what kids are going to do. You are going to place an object in a bag. You want to ensure that the objects that you're placing in the bag, they have distinct characteristics to them. You want to have students illustrate what that object could be and then generate a scene or words that connect to the object. So let me give you an example so I can try to paint this picture for you and help you to visualize it. You see what I did there? So let's say that the object that you placed in a bag was a stick, like a little branch. And students are feeling it in the bag. They cannot see it, but they might be able to feel the different points. They can feel the bark. They might be able to feel just they know it's a branch or a stick. So they're going to draw maybe a brown stick, maybe some of the bark showing on their paper. Then they are going to be encouraged to draw a scene. So some kids might just draw a tree, and maybe it's like the nonfiction of like the parts of a tree. Maybe someone will draw the park because that's where they're making the connection of seeing a stick or a branch. They may even even draw um, like their dog fetching the brown stick because they have a dog at home and that's typically what they do with their dog. They might even draw a campfire because the long stick reminds them of the short sticks and the long sticks that they need, the bigger logs, whenever they go camping. So it is a great way for students to use their imagination, their creativity, and also their personal experiences when generating a scene and visualizing what could be happening by way of this one object. So really quickly, I want to recap the six different ways that you can help your students to visualize their text that they're reading in order to increase their comprehension. The first way was to introduce visualizing through basic illustration. The second way is to 3M or to create those mind movie moments. Number three was to read a poem or an excerpt from a text. Number four was to use instrumental music or music with songs to help your students to visualize. Number five was to play the audio only from a video clip. And number six can be to implement that grab bag. Now, no matter the reading strategy that you are aiming to teach, it usually always is going to start with modeling through a read aloud. So be specific with the books that you are choosing. You want to ensure that there are great places in which you can prepare to stop and model your mind movie moments or your mental images that you are creating. So some titles that I have, that I've loved and it's been like a basic go-to have been Owl Moon by Jane Yolen, Puddles by Jonathan London, A Bad Case of Stripes by David Shannon, See the Ocean by Estelle Condra. Those are just some really great ones that they lend themselves for a lot of different um, types of reading strategies and skills. And you can also introduce poetry because that's another great way to visualize. And some examples of that are the Creatures of the Earth, Sea, and Sky um, poetry book, and then also Color Me a Rhyme. So those are just a couple of ideas, and you might have those on your bookshelves already. And so if you do, grab those books and get your students practicing this art of visualizing. So how can you model this strategy of visualization with your students? You can use your classroom whiteboard, your online whiteboard, or chart paper to draw your mental images. 
But sticky notes work so well for this, and you know I love a good sticky note. This is also familiar to students, and they can actually place those post-it notes on the actual page or part of the book that sparked that image in their head. So sticky notes are honestly a great tool to use for this because it can become interactive while they are physically reading. It is super important to try and use as many of the five senses as possible when describing your mental pictures with your students. So to do this, begin reading a text. Stop at a place where you can picture or imagine something happening. Discuss which words from the book sparked your image and describe the image you see in your mind. Make the connection with how the picture you drew helped with understanding what the author was explaining in the story or text. Then continue reading. This is an important skill as it's ongoing and not just a one and done. This strategy could also easily make it into your literacy centers. Create a visualization station, which rotates some of these ideas throughout. Students love this, and it actually helps them with transferring the strategies and processes across future texts that they have not even read yet. If you do not use centers, I would encourage you to listen to episode 23 as it shares all the reasons why using centers with upper elementary is beneficial to you and to your students. If you are looking for a few more additional station activities to help support you with visualization, I'm going to link a couple of my favorite station or guided reading or independent reading activities for students to use that will assist them with helping them to visualize while they are connecting this skill to the text that they're reading. So I'm going to leave that link in the show notes and you can go ahead and check that out. If you are using any other strategies or if you find success with trying out one of these strategies, I would love to know. Send me a DM over on Instagram and let me know. It has been great being able to chat about one of my favorite reading comprehension strategies with you. And thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking with you again next week. Thank you for listening to The Literacy Dive. If you would like to connect with Megan, you can find her on Instagram at Miss Peace Style. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes of The Literacy Dive. Until next time.